Hello friends and welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Mason. Our show features not only the hottest authors, but we introduce you to exciting new authors talking about themselves and their latest book. Our show today includes a trip back in time to 1938 Vienna, Austria, and romance with a twist. It's 1938 in Nazi-controlled Vienna, Austria. Intrepid Vienna police inspector Karl Marbach finds himself caught up in a murder case involving the son of a high-ranked SS officer. Marbach is not a Nazi sympathizer. Can he investigate the case without putting himself and those he loves in danger? Who killed the beautiful young girl in the Hotel Capricornio? Romance fills the air for Blake and Page. They seem to be having the perfect life. They're in love, they're getting married, and they're expecting their first child. What could be happier? But fate has something very different planned for the young couple. Tragedy, loss, and heartache follow as unexpected events unfold. What happens to Paige and Blake? Will Paige ever find love and happiness again? Join us today for the answer to those questions and more. Dr. Tom Joyce has a very interesting background. During his military service, he spent more than a year in Vienna, Austria, where he worked with individuals who were seeking denazification for what they'd done in the 1930s and the 1940s. He became fascinated with how and why people became Nazis. Tom is joining me today to talk about his book, Habsburg Honor and Nazi Duty. Tom, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Oh, just trying to keep everything straight here. Well, excellent. This is a fascinating title for a book, and I'm sure that our our listeners picked up in your introduction that I used a word that they may not be familiar with, denazification. Tom, tell me what that means. Well, uh, it it just means what it says. It's about uh, 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 purging the the Nazi uh, stigma wherever it is wherever it has appeared. Denazification. You denazify buildings. You denazify countries. You denazify people. Uh, it's just a matter of getting rid of the Nazi stain. Good. Tell me about the Habsburgs. There may be some of our listeners who don't know who the Habsburgs were. And since that's mentioned in the title of the book, I thought it was important that we let people know who they are. Right. The Habsburgs were the uh, people that ran the Austro-Hungarian Empire for a a long time. Uh, And then... uh, uh, they finally got deposed, which meant that they lost their royal status. Uh, and that happened around the time that the Nazis uh, took over. Was it Hitler that deposed the Habsburgs? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the book. I love this book. I love your character of Karl Marbach. He's really, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Well, I thought so. I, I, there was a real 
it was, his name wasn't Carl Marbach, but there was a real guy that I kept thinking of in connection with this that I met when I was in uh, Vienna, Austria in the, in the uh, early 1960s. Was I spent a year there. Was he involved in, as a police inspector, or did you just think of him as a soldier? No, he was a police. He was a cop. I was a. Uh, I had a lot of affinity for police. I before I went to uh, 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 to Austria, I had worked with and taught a lot of police officers in the United States. I taught them for George Washington University. Did you have your Ph.D. at the time from Cornell? No, I didn't get that until I came back from Austria. Well, let's talk about this first book. Now, this is the first book that you use Karl Marbach as, or Marbach, as a, a central character. And he his background includes being a mountain soldier, and he was awarded the Astro-Hungarian Empire Award, the, the Maria Theresa Medal. I mean, he was a... a valorious kind of guy and he was really brave and he was courageous and after he got out of the army he goes into being a policeman and so that's how we meet him at the very beginning of the book so tell me a little bit about this book without spoiling it too much for our listeners well basically it's uh it's about a police inspector a vienna police inspector uh and it and the first book takes place uh, one month after the Anschluss, which was the Nazi annexation of Austria in April of 1938, um, in, in the war uh, that had taken place, the World War I, uh, Karl Marbach had been awarded the highest medal bestowed by the uh, Habsburgs, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Um, and... Uh, uh, in this book now, he works for Vienna Criminal Police, which is uh, always identified as Vienna Kripo, K-R-I-P-O, and it, it, it's a capital K. But that that's the way it's identified in on the Internet and uh, in books and magazines, Kripo, Criminal Police. Um, uh, he... Uh, he has a very strong sense of honor, and he very much emphasizes rationality. It's to, he doesn't trust uh, going on impulse, and to some extent, he carries that too far. Um, he's his uh, lover is a Volkstheater, that's a Vienna Volkstheater actress, Constanze Tandler. And he is concerned because she is a very emotionally driven person. She trusts her emotions. He trusts only rationality, and he carries it too far. Um, he's got a teenage daughter uh, who uh, is, a, like all the other young people, is attracted to Nazism. But he realizes that if she doesn't openly, openly profess devotion to Nazism, she won't be safe in in Nazi Austria, and that's a problem. Uh, uh, but if you really think about it, it you, you ought to be able to uh, understand where he's coming from. He's got a daughter; she's a teenager. 
uh, 16 or 17 years of age, and her, uh, if she isn't openly enthusiastic about Adolf Hitler, uh, she, she's going to draw a lot of negative attention to herself. Makes sense. And uh, he doesn't want that. He, you know, he's he's sensible about that. Uh, I would have done a terrible mistake to, uh, uh, at that time, considering how uh, obsessed the Viennese, the Austrian people, were about uh, Nazism. They, if anything, the Austrians and the Viennese in particular were more supportive of Adolf Hitler and National Socialism than the Germans were. Wow. That's really, uh, that, that's been stated by any number of historians. They, they, the Austrians really bought in on Adolf Hitler and National Socialism. And I remember uh, in, in the early 1960s when I uh, went to Vienna, Austria on, with military service, uh, I, I found the Austrians to be very likable, but after I would get to know them, uh, because of uh, my mild-mannered approach to everything, uh, eventually I, I would be able to draw them out, and I would find that again and again they would say nice things about Adolf Hitler. Wow. Uh, this, this was 20 years after the war. Um, but... Uh, I also kind of liked the the Viennese. I really did genuinely like them. Not kind of like. I did like them. They were very enjoyable people, very uh, friendly, uh, good senses of humor. If anything, they reminded me of the stereotypical Irish people. I'm Irish myself. And uh, they, they seem to have a lot of this spirit of laughing about things and uh, enjoying themselves and and yet uh, when you consider the horror of World War II which had uh, uh, been really one of the worst calamities in the history of the world uh, we had uh, millions of people <coughs> who were killed killed in uh, extermination camps and killed in army battles and just killed for no good reason at all. Now, now a, this book starts really before all of that happens, right? Because this is a murder case that happens in 1938. So this is really at the very beginning before all of the really horrible things happen, Right. Yes, it's at the beginning, and a lot of the really bad stuff hadn't started yet. But there was still there had already been horrible things that were done. That, that's why he was so protective of his daughter. And he has uh, to be very careful because he he doesn't philosophically agree with the Nazis, but and he has to work with. Nazis, the SS, because he's in with the police. And so there's this murder case that happens. And he gets called into this. And it winds up that there is a, a high-level SS officer that's involved with this, Colonel Count Neymeyer and his son. And so it really puts 
uh, Marbach in a, a difficult position. Am I right? Right, yes. You, you've read it and you've understood it. Good, thank you. So how does he work within that structure? How does, how does Marbach do it that? It bothers him. Uh, he has to wear, a, he is technically brought into the SS. He wears an SS badge. All, all of the police, all, all of the criminal police, the creepo people, uh, were uh, made SS. And they, they had to march in parades and they had to do other, they go to meetings and they had to give expression to their loyalty uh, to the SS. And if they didn't do that, uh, and some of them made the uh, decision to uh, to not go along with the thing, and most of those would, would be arrested themselves, and they, they would, uh, uh, very, very many of them would be uh, and end up in uh, concentration camps themselves. Wow. Well, this it was is... a really terrible time uh, uh, to be a Viennese person. <laughs> It sounds like it, and your book really, I think, has so much of the flavor and the color of what Vienna must have been like at that point in time. And this is really a very well-written mystery. We we have a murder. We have somebody that we think did it, but he didn't really do it. And I mean, you did a really nice job on this. And if our listeners want to read a very nice long excerpt from the book, they can go to Amazon.com and they can put in Habsburg. And let me spell Habsburg. It's H-A-B-S-B-U-R-G. Habsburg Honor and Nazi Duty by Tom Joyce, and then just click, and it'll come up, and they can read a really nice excerpt there on Amazon. Is the book available anywhere else, Tom, besides Amazon? I think you can go to Author House and get copies of it. I think if you go into Internet, uh, almost all the good bookstores seem to have copies of it. I've heard that from very many people. Good. Do you have Do you have a website, Tom? That our no, I I don't. I figure there's a there's just so much uh, time available, and to put up a website, uh, the people that I I've known people, friends of mine here in Washington D.C. that put up websites, and that seemed to just wipe them out. That 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 gobbled up so much time. No matter what the website was for. Uh, it just gobbles up so much time. So I, I, I've never uh, gone that way. I'm still writing. I write all the time. Well, you uh, and I are going to talk again because you have several books that will be featured here on Inside the Writer's Cafe. This is a fascinating book, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me about this first book. And we get to talk about this wonderful character, Carl Maubach, again. So thanks again, Tom. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Inside the Writer's Cafe, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. Joining me today is Carol Fite, and she's the author of Life's Twist. It's a very romantic book, Carol. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. 
what was it that made you decide you wanted to write? Well, actually, I was in the hospital. I was fighting for my life. I almost died, and uh, and they had to amputate my toes, and uh, I lost parts of my fingers. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to write again. And while I was in the hospital, I just had my mind on writing, and I knew what I wanted to do then, so that's what made me do it. It really got you through a, a very terrible time in your own life, didn't it? Yes, it did. Well, let's I, talk a little bit about the book. Now, this is a very, very romantic book, but it's got a little bit of a twist. Why don't you give our listeners an overview of what the book's about? Just kind of generally tell us. Well, it's mainly it's Paige and Blake are the uh, main characters in the book. And they got a lot of uh, things they go through in life. And one of them, they purchase a beach house, uh, and they go back and forth dead several times throughout the book. And Blake, or Blake uh, he had romance there without her knowledge of it, and she found out. And she was really busy at the time working herself. And when she found out, then she um, was going to leave them, but she stayed with them. And then they were traveling to the beach house one night, and everything happened that was bad in her life then because she lost them. And then she finds someone else. So. Where did you get the idea for the book? Um, I actually just thought it up myself as I went. I just wrote and put my own thoughts into writing as I wrote, and it just come out that way. Well, you've got Paige. She's an interesting character. She lives in New York, and she has her own store, which I thought, wow, She's a character who's brave enough to go to New York and open her own business. And she's a fashion designer, and she has a staff, and she starts out uh, and does really, really, really well. Yes, she does. She uh, probably very successful uh, as compared to a lot of people in life. Um, she just, she was... Uh, Outgoing, very outgoing, and she just wanted to live her own life and do what she wanted to do, and she managed. Well, and she goes to visit Mom and Dad, and that's when she meets Blake. Is that right? Yes, yes. Tell me a little about Blake. Well, Blake worked for her Mom and Dad. He worked, uh, he was a hand on the farm for her Mom and Dad, and that's how she got to know him, and she she kind of she liked him from the start, and um, he was, you know, in the book he's a very good-looking man, and uh, anybody would probably would have wanted him at the time, so but she got him, so. And he has a way with horses. Yes. And they go on this really, really romantic trip. Where do they go? Boy, I can't remember. Oh, they go to Paris. Oh, they go oh, to Paris. Paris. Yeah, yeah, they went to Paris several times, yeah. And it yeah, just had they... a wonderful, I mean, the trip, the way you described it, 
the way that the the relationship between the two of them it was very romantic and it just sounded it made me see Paris you know with all the beautiful Eiffel Tower and and the weather it is just such a gorgeous city anyway have you been oh, to yeah. Paris I've never been to Paris now that's one place I'd like to see but uh I guess I just made that up in my mind as I went because it's one place I'd like to see. <laughs> That's on your bucket list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, me I too. Can't. Me too. Yeah, everybody would. So, so. so Paige gets back and she starts feeling not too well and she goes to the doctor and she finds out that she's pregnant. And that, that's yeah. a pretty big shock for her. Yes. Yeah, because she, well, she was always careful and cautious, and she was, you know, um, she never thought that would happen, so she didn't expect that at all. Did you have a target audience in mind when you were writing the book? Uh, yeah, I think mainly women and uh, young readers. Who do you enjoy reading when you have time to sit down and read? I enjoy reading Danielle Steele's books, and I have read some of uh, Nicholas Sparks, and they're mainly the main two that I've read, really, for, you know, actually reading the whole book. I enjoy reading, too. I like I like a lot of different authors. I have to confess, I am a fiction reader. I am just not, I don't enjoy nonfiction for the most part. I like to use reading and reading fiction as a way to just escape. Yeah, I like romance. I don't like, one I don't like is um, uh, crime. I don't care for uh, a lot of crime or, um, uh, I don't know what it is, I just, they, they don't. Uh, appeal to me or so I don't know what it is but I just can't read them you like that romance that, that yeah. escape to somewhere else and it's always you know it's beautiful people doing exciting things and going yeah, wonderful it, places it is. yeah and that I think does that trigger your imagination yes yes <laughs> yeah it does I guess it's something I'd like to have you know so that kind of um views and you know see that kind of things in life too so and I feel a lot of people are like that they'd like to see the same things I agree so. was there <laughs> was there somebody that inspired you uh, just maybe some of my teachers never I was in school mm -hmm. did like you like English teacher did you like writing when you were in school yes I did yes I've always enjoyed writing, and I've always read books from the time I was little. So, you know, I, I think ahead. reading books that you enjoy also gets you inspired to write. See, I agree with you, and I want our our population to really keep on reading and to keep on reading books. And your book is available on Amazon. If our listeners want to just go to Amazon.com and there's a book search feature there on Amazon, all they have to do is put in Life's Twists by Carol, C-A-R-O-L, Fike, 
F-I-K-E, and then click on that little search magnifying glass and your book will come right up and it says open here. And so you just click the open here and you can read a very, very nice excerpt from the book. It really tells us who the characters are. We get into the trip to Paris is there, talks about the beach house, and then it takes us a little bit further into Paige and Blake's life. Were you trying to just entertain readers, or did you have something else in mind? Did you want to leave them with a message? Uh, I think in a way I was trying to leave them with, with a message, but I was also trying to entertain them. Uh, it just uh, the message would probably be anybody uh, could have that kind of life, but you have to have money, probably, you know, for to get a Paris and things. But she, um, having her own store, she she had money, so it, she probably, you know, wouldn't have maybe made it to Paris either. She wouldn't have had her own um, money coming in herself. But uh, I, I, you, I think that, you know, you're showing a young woman who is self-confident and who has the, the chutzpah, as it, as it were, to get out there and to try to do something that she thinks she's good at. And I think that's one of your messages. And then I also think that you have a message about relationships and how relationships change and how we think that our life may be one way because of a relationship that we're in right now. But sometimes life intervenes and sometimes things happen that we don't expect to happen. And your life can change on that turning of a dime. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's different. And I think that's really one of your bottom line messages with with the title, Life yeah. Twists. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, you have been delightful to talk to. The book is interesting. You've done a really nice job with your character development. And I want to thank you, Carol, for taking time to talk to me today because I know it's a beautiful day and you want to go outside for a walk. So thanks for spending time with me here on Inside the Writer's Cafe. Okay, thank you very much. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read.